Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. I like how we always have the warm-up. How we just come in here, we put our headphones on, and we're all sitting in the same room, and we just talking to these microphones get warmed up. Yeah, I never really know when the podcast starts. Me either. Usually, like w- usually Will says something like, oh, hey, guys, uh, we're going to introduce everybody before we get too far into this thing. I just oh, let no. you guys get way too far in the weeds, and then at one point, I say that. It, usually, by the time I say that, you're like, oh, shit, the podcast started? Like, yeah, man, we've been going for like 15 minutes. Yeah. That's why yeah. you fill up those SD cards. <laughs> yeah, you got thirty minutes of nothing. <laughs> oh, but we do have some events still coming up. We're having a big ass crawfish boil and poker run on May twentieth. It's gonna be jam up. I had somebody text me today and ask me when it was. It's like May twentieth, and I sent him a link to tickets. There you go. Forty bucks ahead for the crawfish. Forty bucks ahead for the poker <clears throat> run. Sixty bucks ahead for Wait, a combination ticket. 40 bucks a head's cheap right now, but it ain't like for... I, I will tell you right now, I can eat $40 worth of crawfish yeah. all day long. Yeah, <laughs> We're buying. I think we've made the adjustment. We're up to about four pounds per person. Four pounds. Man, woman, or child. And you think, oh, I can eat four pounds. That's a lot of crawfish. That's a fair amount, especially if you <laughs> mow down a tater and a chunk of sausage. It's a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. And then I think, uh, was it? Couple couple weeks ago, Sid said something about some farmer coming out and making bold peanuts. Yeah, that got mentioned. I don't know. I think if somebody makes bold peanuts, that's going to help cut down on. But I... so basically, we're just going to sit around kumbaya and eat all yeah, day. Pretty much <laughs> <laughs> that, and uh, win some sweet stuff. And we got twenty thousand dollars in in prizes to give away, raffle off. Yeah, if you bought all those trips, sheesh, and guns, mm-hmm. jack plates. Badass pellet rifle. It's like it's like a redneck Olympics. It's just like they're just like, oh hey, here's a prize for you. You get a prize. You get a prize. We, you get a prize. Get, should we get like a, a couple pieces? Like if if Jason's got some short pieces of that six bar, pound them in the ground out there and get some toilet lids, playing horseshoes with them. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. You set up a couple of those tailgate. They're gonna be used toilet lids though. <laughs> yeah. First, eat your four pounds of crawfish. 
Oof. Then chug these silver bullets, and then we're going to play Dizzy Bat. Oh, God. <laughs> that sounds like a college party. Oh, yeah, when all that crawfish boil comes out the hard way. <laughs> oh. You'll never eat a crawfish again. <laughs> I still can't drink Fireball. I never have been able to. How come you just have one big sinus? <laughs> but before the crawfish boil happens, uh, let's see, this will come out... What's today's date? 16. So you still have time to get tickets to the Ducks Unlimited Banquet on the 21st of April, which is a Friday night. And buy tickets from the same uponation.co site. We'll get you guys sat with UPO Nation crew at the Ducks Unlimited Banquet uh, for the Villages chapter. Um, There's still tickets available for that. And then comes the beginning of May, the 3rd to the 7th, is the 5th Annual Swanee River Fishing Expedition. That's turning out to be, uh, I mean, it was already going to be great, but. Uh, uh, it looks like Dirty D and his brother are coming all the way yeah. from Texas. And Hunter's wow. coming. See. I had a feller call and me And Jim Bob. I had oh, a feller your dad? Call My father oh, will be in attendance, so. <laughs> God. <this laughs> Y'all prepare yourself yeah. for Jim Bob. I can just go ahead and tell you. So I had a fellow call me yesterday, out of the blue. I forget his name, but he was 70 some odd years old. And he and his wife had never been on a paddle trip. But somehow they found my number from one of the past trips and they called up. Because the first day they put in downstream from, um, oh shoot, I forget where the, the park is. The first night we stopped. Oh. oh uh, well, anyway, locations, right. not that important, but. That they, so they paddled upstream for a ways and spent the night. And then the next day they got up and they paddled all the way from there past um, Blue Springs Lafayette to Peacock. So that's like a 17-mile day. And then the next day they were going to take it easy and just go down to Adams Track, but they missed it. Mm. And they didn't realize they missed it until they got all the way down to Little River. That, that's so that, where we stayed on the bank. Yeah. Oh, Lord. And then he was calling me. Because he was trying to arrange a trip back to his car. <laughs> I said, sir, I'm in Seminole County. <laughs> said, Le- he, do you know somebody? I said, I, I think I do. And uh, I gave him the two fellers up there and then suggested if they won't come. He, he wanted to get picked up at Branford the right. next morning. I said, if they won't come get you, if you just wander on down to the steamboat inn and, or to the restaurant just down the road. I said, I'll bet you in that town somebody will take care of you. Yeah, but yeah, it was kind of neat that they found us it's kinda out of nowhere of all the places to go find somebody. I don't know if it was that he, we were the only ones that picked up the phone after five or what. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He thought oh, we were outfitters. Man. No, no, not quite. Uh, but we give them a run for their money. The outfitters yeah. anyway. They make money on us, but they get their, they get their work put in. Yeah. <laughs> First paddling trip with your wife in your in your seventies. Hunter, do you guys have a canoe? You're gonna have to rent one. My dad said he knows a guy that he can borrow from. Does it have holes in it? I mean, I really hope not. <laughs> I make paddling a hell of a lot harder. But that's just what he told me. It'll probably be a week out and he'll be like, Oh, we gotta go buy a canoe. <laughs> that's usually how he does it. Facebook marketplace. Yeah, I've been looking on there. They got some pretty decent ones. Yeah, you know, I've seen the prices have gone up a little bit here recently. Must be the yeah. nice weather. That's because it's getting warm again. Yeah. 
<clears throat> it's like keep watching, oh, no, 150 like... bucks 150 dollars looked on there i'm like oh that's pretty nice looking oh there's a a six inch by three foot hole in the bottom of yeah. it yeah <laughs> it's like a, easy patch job I'm like, okay i found a john boat on uh facebook today for 80 bucks i'm still waiting for the guy to reply back to me i may go get me a john boat tomorrow i heard you got you a, a boat jim i did a gentleman named uh kyle <coughs> excuse me a gentleman named kyle up in stark uh parted with his 1754 gator tracks and you know i'm looking forward to getting that he, he he's got a removable front hunt deck and back and i don't know it's, it's just a front deck yeah well at any rate it's all removable the hunt like, deck's the thing on the back that's removable too. What's, what's a removable deck on the front? Like a bow fishing deck? No, yeah, it's like um, it's just a. It has catwalks, doesn't it? it so does. it's a deck that goes. There's you have the front deck, and then you have a piece of deck that goes in between the two catwalks and makes your front deck a little bit longer. Oh, okay. So I'm it's not like a same, raised yeah. deck. No, I'm no, gonna it's do the same thing deck. with mine when I. That's nice. When I redo it, I'm putting a removable deck up front too. You you've ridden in the G3. It'd be the same as if you could take out where the. What, um, if, what if I told you I've never, never ridden in your G3? That's a good point. We we had intended to one night, and then it started raining. It would just It's just a piece of deck that you can make the front deck longer. Yeah, I understand what that, you're yeah. talking about, yeah. But since it's removable, I can either put a bunch of stuff underneath it and hunt guys on top of it, or if I could take that out, I could probably hunt four guys out of it if I wanted to. Yeah. And that was a big attraction. So Because of the versatility. Tracks. And it's a Gator Tracks boat with a Gator tail. 40 on it so in a polling platform with a dang nope uh, i let him keep the polling platform did you what's he gonna put it on it's probably his new boat he's getting another gator tracks oh fair enough yeah custom from sid but it's got a uh i can tell you you can use a yeti 65 as a polling platform yeah it's not so great though but i didn't like it (laughs) it's not the same i got a different boat for that so but it's got a it's still got a power pole on it I don't know how I'm going to... I guess I'll put that down during duck season. But, oh, yeah. yeah. I would think if you're going to put a blind there, if you're going to sit in a blind, there's no, reason to, there's no reason not to just power pole down and hold yourself there. Yeah. I think that'll help. And I don't know. I, that's the next is figure out what I'm going to do for the blind setup. And, but, like, it's got a closed... One side's closed in. Sid can build you one. No doubt. Sid builds blinds. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He can build you a custom blind for it. That's legit. What does Sid not do? Uh, Outboards. Take made, you out on dates. Made service. Well, tomorrow. That's true, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Y'all are going out together. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> he offered me breakfast last weekend, so uh, that's a point. Never mind. <laughs> Old Sid from Fast Duck. <laughs> Great guy. Great guy. Uh, so I guess that pretty much covers the events we got coming up. Swanee River Trip, the Ducks Unlimited thing, and... Uh, Crawfish boil. Crawfish boil. The 2023 Mud Bug Bash and Poker Run. That's what you're going to see it titled as on Facebook. And then, uh, man, then we got to start getting ready for all the other crap that happens then once hunting season kicks back in. I asked, uh, I messaged Dale Cracker today, and he said that he's... He's already booked up, but he asked for my phone number and I gave it to him. He never responded after I gave him my phone number, but he did ask for my phone number. So I don't know. Well, Thursday, know. he might be working tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
So, I guess this evening. Ooh. Oh. Now, hang on. Before we get any further into this, I'm your host, Will Krebs. I got Jordan in here. I'm here. Let's get it. I got Jim. Yes, sir. And the newly married Hunter Rotarius. Oh, What's yeah. happening? Congratulations. He's no longer Thank you. Thank an you. eligible bachelor. So, ladies, nope. I'm sorry. The reason, nice. I went, yeah. the reason I went, oh, is I just realized that Moorhen season opens on a Friday. Yeah. This week, this year. That's why Ryland's not going to school on Friday. <laughs> I'm actually going to be in freaking Tampa. Oh, that's okay. Ryland's still not going to school on Friday. I'll take Friday off work and me and Ryland will go Moorhen hunting. <laughs> I traditionally celebrate that as take a shotgun to work day, but it's been a while. A couple of years ago, I hosted a Moorhen. What was it? I can't oh, remember. Yeah, Morehen and everything. Yeah, Morehen cookout at my house. Yeah, man, yeah. I'll tell you, I went one day. We got rained on, and we went in a damn monsoon. <laughs> I'm talking about some of the, like you know, when Forrest Gump's like that sideways rain, the rain that was coming down, it was coming back up, and blah blah. blah. Oh yeah, that shit was going down in Jordan's boat, and I shot. Would I shoot five Morehens, four Morehens, yeah. like thirty seconds? Yeah, I was gonna say they don't care, <laughs> and then. You know, God just let her loose on us out there. And he's like, you think we can wait it out? And we look, and there's just a wall coming across the lake. I'm like, We did wait it out, though. Yeah, we did. And we almost sunk Jordan's boat, too. I mean, Jordan's boat was literally probably had a quarter of it was underwater. That's every time you go out. It, but anyways, <laughs> I never ate one of those mornings. And I've yet to eat one still. So... They never got clean. They get they sat in my fridge <clears throat> until they got. I've eaten one. I've eaten a uh, cute liver, and a bunch of other random stuff in the studio. But I've never eaten a morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining. It's good. I've eaten it every single time. You got to be adventurous to come eating here. Yeah. T- today you ate fine tooth shark. That's probably the least adventurous thing that you've eaten in this studio. I don't know. I don't know. I think I've ever had it before. It was good. It was a uh, what basically like a fish or a shark. You said a shark. Fine tooth shark and shrimp chowder. And it was good. The recipe is up on our website at uponation.com under what's cooking fish and seafood. The, it's the only recipe under fish and seafood. <laughs> <laughs> the texture of shark versus other fish is very different. I would almost equate it closer to a salmon versus, like if you're thinking like a bluegill fish, how it's like super flaky and wants to break apart. But shark almost breaks apart in the muscle fibers themselves, and it looks like a piece of salmon. Where you could, just like like maybe it's just color, a bigger, yeah. bigger cut of fish. If you throw a piece of shark on a grill, and get grill marks on it, and you take a pork chop, and you put them next to each other on a grill and get grill marks on them, it's hard to tell the difference. It really is. The, yeah. Like the the texture of it, like how it. It's not tough, but We've it's like a shark. It's a dense. It it's a dense fish. It's you can, really dense, but it's good. I mean, yeah, you can use it. I can prepare it so that if I told you you were in swordfish, you'd probably think you were. Mm-hmm. But it, it's dry too. Um, that's why I, I tend to like to use it in things like gumbos or chowders because it, it holds up. It doesn't. It doesn't turn to flake mush. Right. Where like, is there fish in here? Like hell yeah, there's fish in there. But then it's not. It's not chewy. I even thought that when I was it. eating that earlier, I was like, damn, this is like usually when you have like a. You know, a fish head soup or like any kind of stuff with fish in it. It's like super, super tiny little pieces. Nah. And that had a lot of like good texture to it. Thank you. Listen, he's talking about having eaten all kinds of crazy stuff in here. I ate an armadillo for the first time at his bachelor party. 
<laughs> they got did. smoked for like 15 hours. Yeah. We so did. T- tell me, tell me the story <laughs> of the smoked Dillo. Okay. All right. So first off, I mean, what possessed you to want to eat an armadillo? Alcohol. Listen, that yeah, that's just a simple answer. <laughs> okay, I was raised around my father where he was like, man, I wonder what that tastes like. Okay. I wonder what this tastes like. And I, I'm not kidding you. We used to have a hunting camp in Plains, Georgia that probably had 5 million armadillos on it. You know, like a little kid, you send him out in the backyard. He's like, oh, I'm going to go shoot Tweety Birds and you know, shoot whatever. It's flying. We used to ride around the hunting camp in a golf cart with three little redneck kids and some 22s and just kill the hell out of a bunch of armadillos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there were so many of them. They flop around so much. Oh, they do backflips yeah. and whatever, which it sounds horrible because I was also raised on if you kill it, you got to eat it, right? Well, my dad used to say that all the time, but he never said that when it came to armadillos. And I never could figure out why. Leprosy. And then he told me, <laughs> oh, that's, they, that's, they, that's, they carry leprosy and blah, blah, blah. And so we never ate them. Well, like Jordan said, bachelor party. We get shmammered. Sh- Nobody had been to sleep for at least 24 hours. So we got party. there Thursday night, right? Well, what do I do? Let's grab a thermal. Let's ride. I get my truck stuck within the first 20 minutes of us riding around. I rip the skid plate off my truck Ooh. entirely. It's bent backwards up underneath like Probably an accordion. still on there too, isn't it? Yeah, ratchet strap's holding on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so we do that. We go riding around, blah, blah. Anyways, we come up on this <laughs> We come up on this armadillo, right? And it's like in the middle of this field. I'm like, hell, there's an armadillo. Shoot it. All right. And then I don't know what possessed me at that point. Because I wasn't even really, like, I was driving at that point. I had only had, like, maybe three or four beers. Pow, thump. And it doesn't move. I'm like, you missed. Shoot him again. And I'm looking at him through the thermal and the thermal scope. And he's like, I'm pretty sure I, I, I got it. I'm like, all right. So we run out there. Sure enough. So we take it back to camp. By this time now, we've done switch drivers. Because you can't have the the bachelor, you know, driving on his bachelor party night. Right, right, right. Fair so enough. we switch drivers, head back to camp. Well, now it's like damn near daylight, right? We've been riding around all night. Dad, dad's wrecked at this point, right? He's <laughs> he starts taking the shell off the armadillo. I said, "What are you doing with that thing?" Oh, we're fixing to cook him on the half shell. <laughs> I hid the shell from his. I swear to y'all, he was going to cook him on the shell. Yeah, that's how they do it in South America. I mean, I did, this is North America. I ain't never heard of armadillo on the half shell. I wanted to film it and make a video out of it, but we were all too hammered. So, Possum on the half shell. I, I, would, I would do a catch, clean, cook armadillo. Now, my, So here's my next question. I understand you cooked it and ate it. and I would eat I would it again. Think, okay, I, I would think, though, not being... Uh, it's air on the safe side when eating a new critter. Uh, my go-to has always been batter it and fry it. So when we got out of the thing, right, out of the shell, mm-hmm. it looks like a giant rabbit. It, I swear to you, like the meat looks the same. Every Am I wrong? It mm-hmm. almost. But then when you cooked it, we smoked it. My dad was like, I'm going to cook it like, Longer than we're supposed to. We're not actually going to like eat it, eat it. You know, we just want to, each of us want to try it so we can say we ate it at some point, right? So we smoked it 
Wrapped it like, in bacon. Wrapped it in bacon because there's no fat on it. Right. So he wrapped it in bacon, whatever, make it taste a little bit better. If I had to compare it to anything, it was a pulled pork. Yeah. And and it was flake like flaky. Like we pulled it apart. It was easy to pull apart. You could grab it, just shake a little bit, pull a piece off. It wasn't tough, wasn't nothing. That's bad news for Amadillo sitting. I'd here, hate boy. I'd hate to have to tell you this, but I if you had some slider buns and some barbecue sauce and maybe a little provolone cheese, we wrecked that armadillo. We ate every bit of that sandwich. I'm telling you, ask Jordan. We were we hadn't ate since we got there, so it was like Friday at noon at this point, and we're like, yeah. Cody, my brother Cody, you know my brother Cody. Up, he was he was macking that armadillo, son. He had two hands in him. I'm telling you, but yeah, that was a good time. That was a good trip. It it was very quick, but it's because I don't remember the, a lot of it. But, yeah. but the good parts I remember. Hey, so I'm pretty sure it was fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was there. I think killed a bunch of hogs. <laughs> now, I got, now I got to look up at what temperature you got to cook meat to kill off leprosy. So we figured we 165. Didn't we didn't That's salmonella. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know, so we just figured we would cook it till 165. Here you go. Hey, hang on, mean. hang on. Hey Google, what temperature do you have to cook meat to kill off leprosy? Just keep going. Yeah. Oh well. Well, that's good. It. If Google doesn't have an answer, neither do I. <laughs> one sixty-five will probably do it. I mean, my trichinella dies. What? Like what lives past one sixty-five? Anything? I don't know, man. But I'm not taking it to two twelve. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh man. Well, I mean, it's not always when you're cooking stuff, though. It's not always uh, heat like how hot you get it as as long as you keep it at a certain temperature for a certain time. Well, I can promise you this right now that armadillo was straight up roasted because we forgot about it for like, like yeah, 10 dude. hours. The only way to kill is by cooking uh, over 165. For leprosy? Oh, no, we cooked fine. it at 225 for like 10 hours. Yeah, so I think dude, we'll these right. got, listen, I kept trying to like maintain the temperature on the smoker and nobody's, I was at least drunk enough, but I still knew that I needed to maintain the temperature. It was like, don't touch it. Man. I'm like, listen, I'm trying to maintain temperature here. My dad's talking about, oh, blah, 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 blah. Nigel Thornberry over here. He's, he's trying to tell my dad what to do. And he's like, Nigel. That's enough. Wow. <laughs> Nigel, that's enough. He called him Nigel all weekend. That was the first time my dad and Jordan really ever like sat down and were around each other. It was rough on Jordan. I, I had to I had to call him on the way home, make sure he was all right. Boy, we but were getting into each other a little bit. It was funny because there's two people that could just really give it to each other and like they know they're joking, but they're kinda not. Yeah. It was a good time. Now I kinda want to try armadillo. Hey, is it is there even a season? Armadillo making Brazil's leprosy problem worse. <laughs> yes. Challenge yeah, accepted. But, but the FDA <laughs> don't look like that. That thing's ugly. But but the FDA says it's treatable. As long as you catch it early. Let me tell you, a lot of things are treatable if you got the right medicine for it. That's why Jordan's still here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean But no, hey, and then the another thing that was if, so fun. So we're at the camp. We have not been to sleep yet, so it's Friday. Armadillos are kind of a delicacy. Think about it like lobster. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, no. on to... <laughs> so Jordan and I are sitting at the camp, and my dad's like, hello? Oh, Mr. Ernie, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, boys, get in the truck. 
Well, now it's like 2 p.m. So, like, I stopped drinking in the morning. So now I'm, like, sober again in a bad way to where, like, I'm so tired now that I need to go to sleep. (laughs) And Jordan's like, where are we going? I'm like, I don't know. Just roll the camera. Let's do it. We all jump in the truck. We're, like, six deep. We go to this old man's house down the road. He's like, I got a stack of hogs in this trap. We had a we had a whole truck full of hogs. It was ridiculous. Good lord! I think there's what eleven, Jordan. Uh, yeah, eleven. What'd we you do them all? we skinned all of them, ate them. Nice. Yeah. Decided that we never wanted to clean hogs. I'll tell you right that. now, I have all ten of my fingers on these hands, and that day was a testament to my knife skills because I I couldn't even really see that good, <laughs> but I could skin the hell out of the pigs still. Hey, so. one of them pigs had. Uh, a cleft foot. It had, two, a, feet, it had, it had three, two feet on one hand. Or well, it had one, three hooves, yeah. like this, like a like you're holding up three with your fingers. Three hooves. I think hmm. I have it saved on my phone. You took a picture of it. That's interesting. Well, we didn't quite come to talk about killing pigs, mm. but uh, we did come to talk about uh, camera. A little bit of turkey hunting and a constitutional amendment proposal. That's up to the state of Florida. You have the House bill in front of you, the House bill number. Yeah, uh, so Representative Lauren Mello out of District 82 uh, proposed uh, House Resolution 1157, and then that was backed uh, as a Senate resolution by Senator uh, Jason Brodeur out of uh, Seminole County. His resolution is uh, Senate Resolution 1234. That's hard to remember. Pretty simple. Yeah, a one, two, three, four. Anyway, all right. So that is to add the right to hunt and fish to Florida state constitution. And I've heard some people say, well, you know, you really, people are just scared. They want to read through the bill and make sure there's not a bunch of other crap in there. Go right ahead, dude. It is literally like two paragraphs long. That's it. Yeah. But the thing is, it's not, it's, we already have it protected legislatively. This is trying to put it on the, it'll go on the ballot. If 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 both the House and the Senate approve this legislation, then the right to hunt and fish will be on the Florida constitutional ballot and up for a vote. What? How do we have it legislatively protected already? There's a law that says we have a, the right to hunt and fish, but laws can be amended. So once it gets on the Constitution, it would have to be repealed. Right. Right, it would have you'd have to have another you'd have to pass another amendment repealing that amendment, and that's much more challenging to do. So twenty three states, twenty three states currently have a constitutional amendment, and the first one, the first one ever was Vermont, and they put it they put it in from the get go, seventeen seventy seven, boom, constitutional right to hunt and fish. But the next one, I forget what state it was, didn't come along until like the eighties, and. Uh, it's been on it's been on a total, I guess, then if you want to think about it that way of twenty four ballots and only one state voted it down. And it was I was shocked. It was Arizona. Yeah. And I don't know why. They do some weird stuff out there. Arizona. Arizona's got like some of the most laxed gun laws. Right? Nevada. No. Nevada. I think New there's Mexico. some demographic things with regards to cities versus the rest of the state. But right. Um, 
and I've seen, I saw a comment that somebody made about we might not want to do this because of thus and such. And I, and I didn't really understand what he was saying. And I, I, as a hunter and a fisherman, I don't see the danger. I, I if so there's one I, out there, I'd love somebody to genuinely state why it's a problem. The only thing I can see from, and if we're talking about, I think we're talking about the same comment on our post in, in UPO Nation. Uh, it, it was brought up, and it, it seemed it read to me like, well, if we if we talk about it, then they'll know we want it and they'll want to take it. So, it's the comment like, we're speaking of said, "This happened in North Carolina, I believe, and if I recall, it isn't necessarily a good thing. We already have this as an understood human right. While it is regulated to preserve the fish and animal populations, it is still understood human right." To hunt and fish once it becomes passable legislation even if it is approved it will also be something that can be called into question and revoked for further generations i think he's got it backwards so that comment prompted me to dig into like humans rights treaties and things like nowhere in there does it specifically outline uh as a human right you hunt you can hunt and fish you Mike could try and throw that under the right to pursue happiness or, you know, but I, that's... And it, but, did, but then that comes down to case law. I think none of us are attorneys. No. But understand, a lot of people, we get this wrong, they think in terms of constitutions granting rights, and they don't. Whether you're an atheist or not, you know, well, if you're not an atheist, you think of that your your natural rights come from God. If you're an atheist, they're still natural rights. So forget the religious reference. They're, they're, we are endowed by these things naturally. They already exist. The reason that we have constitutions is to prohibit government from restricting those rights through legislation. Right. So we use legislation to... Restrict certain actions, like obviously it's you're not allowed to murder, you're not allowed to steal, right? Right, and all, and all those also come back, you know, through natural rights to life and liberty and prosperity. But so by them, I believe that by specifically stating that the government can't deny us our right to hunt and fish, and I'm sure it's going to be a little bit more complicated, except you know, without. It's going to be regulated by FWC, blah, 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 but it would prevent another outside source in the future from saying you can't have it. Right. And, and it's a little ridiculous, but there are organizations <clears throat> that are actively trying to separate sportsmen and women and anglers from the conservation process. And that's also in our article. Which is, as stated in the article beautifully, Jim stupid yeah i was gonna say i, th I think if anybody because i read jim's article um i mean as soon as he sent it to us i read it and it was it was a very well written article and if anybody was to actually genuinely read the article i think they would have understood it much better yeah what gets me is places like the sierra club say that it's unnecessary and maybe that maybe their take on it is it's already a natural right and that we shouldn't have to protect it but well, we have gonna, to protect what you're trying to take. 
Yeah, our, our right. Our right. If it's a natural right, why are you trying well, to take it, it away? Freedom why of you, speech or freedom of religion. Well, right that's what I'm saying. That's like, okay, that's like saying, okay, well, I'm safe inside my house, so I shouldn't have to fight someone off when they're trying to come in it. Exactly. That makes no, no sense. I, you, I still have, you still have to be able to defend something that you already have. I have something in my possession. That's, it's inside my home. Someone bursts in my front door. I'm going to protect what I already own. Yeah, that's a good way. I, to I do think it's I do think it's ridiculous that we have to specify that things have gotten so crazy. We have to specify like can't touch this hunting and fishing. To me, that is so inane and so inherent. Like, of course, you have the right to go out and and secure food for yourself, right? Like, I I, I can't believe that we actually then have to say play it out in a constitutional document to say. By the way, government can't deprive people from their their natural rights to go out. Something that's been going on since the oh, beginning man. of time. Yeah. So, so two things you, you talk about the the being able to get food for yourself. I love the fact that the the clean eating craze is driving people to want to hunt. Yeah, organic, right? Naturally you, grown, sustainable, organic. Like people are starting to realize. Potentially, people at one point who would have said, "I, I don't, I don't want to hunt." They're, They're like, well, "Wait a minute, it. wait a minute. This actually is the best way to sustainably harvest and uh, organic meat is to go out and kill it <laughs> myself." Yeah, dude, it's it's a it's a great thing, and I love seeing it. People, and I mean, the way we see it, it's it's a come to Jesus moment. Like the light bulb goes off. Oh man! Wow! You finally yeah. figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> I do have to say though that I have, uh, like we spoke about uh, the what are they called? carnivore diet. Yeah, I've been attempting. The, other than tonight, I've been kind of getting after it because, like, every night I'm just pulling out a different random bit of venison and I'm throwing it on the grill. And uh, you got the carnivore flu, huh? Uh, well, I've got the carnivore <laughs> poo. Yeah. Joe Rogan doesn't talk about that. No, yeah. he definitely does. <laughs> he He's does got, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, so, but what I would like to see, it, and I've seen it. If you look at some of the other states uh, who put it in their constitution, what I would like, to, what I would like to have seen added to that was that hunters and fishermen come first when it comes to management of species. That happens. That happened in other states, right? Because so Florida, when you, Florida's already talked about social science being a thing to look at when it comes to that. Which not, is not even, stupid. not even one, not even close to what I'm getting at. But what I'm saying is, is when you come to a point where the state says, "Holy crap, we have way too much of this." There is no, we're going to euthanize uh, it. Yeah. Or uh, even worse, you see New Jersey. We're like, well, we're just going to dart them and neuter deer. Like, well, that's not going to work. Stupid, right? You're gonna dart and sterilize. Nope. You have to turn at that point to the hunters and say, uh, "This subsection here has way too many deer in it. We're gonna open up a, a draw hunt, and you need to go in there and it, and then the deer herd out." Do they not already do that in suburban areas? Because I think where like Atlanta, no Atlanta, they have they have residential you know, tax but did you know that did you know that they're they're trying to actually eliminate suburban hunting in the state of Georgia yeah because of one group of guys has made it so big that it's it's like a, it's a competitive thing now you sure, got 17 people in a in a week knocking on your door trying to get yeah. permission it it ruffles some feathers it, it's going to do that 
because it's been put on a platform. That's what we were talking about earlier. Everything now is like, as soon as something gets put on a platform, people that don't agree with it are going to blow it up and make it like seem like it's a bad thing. I think the hunting in the suburban areas like that, those deer are causing so much damage. Like, like Lake Mary. Lake Mary, every person that I know that lives in Lake Mary, their bushes get eaten. That they pay a lot of money for. Mm-hmm. Their their flowers get eaten. They have deer get hit by cars on a constant basis. Stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying. I, mean, I thought you, they had... If you it, live in Lake Mary and you have a problem with deer in your yard, get a bow, smoke a doe. No, no, no. no Fill no. your freezer. If, <laughs> yeah, if you live in Lake Mary and you have a problem with deer in your yard, you either get a hold of Florida Boy Outfitters. Yeah, I'll put my us. number. I'll put yeah. my number out there on this thing right now. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It, that's what I'm saying. Where people spin it, where it's some narrative. Oh well, we shouldn't do that because it's these deer aren't hurting anything. They're just living their life. Okay, but and then you have other people that are like, oh well, we could control the population to where the deer are healthier. There's a healthier herd of deer. There's not as many, but they have more to eat. Then you have that other people that are like, oh, well, the deer were here before us. And I get that, I, um, but that's that's the world we live in. But that's where when you were mentioning you wanted to have sportsmen first, and Jordan started to reply about the social aspect coming into the management, you're saying the same things. Right. That there are people out there that will acknowledge there's a problem, but how it's taken care of and, and subverting the, the sportsman to this other really expensive and inefficient way of taking care of it. And, and I know we're preaching to the choir, but I don't, I don't know how to reach these people and explain that there's not a retirement home for animals that they go one of three ways. They're either torn asunder by another animal, they die of, of, of disease a lot of times through starvation, right? Uh, so I was going to access two of them. I was gonna, they either starve to death, they die of disease, or they're, they're killed. They don't just fall asleep one day and not wake up. So, and, and the worst part about it is when you're talking killed in, in a suburban area, it's not because somebody went out and tried to accurately place a lethal shot on an animal so that it dies as quickly as possible because I don't know about any of you guys around this table. I don't really like having to search for deer. No. I tell you, I honestly feel like crap if I make any kind of animal suffer. Right. But we don't, we don't want to search for deer. You'd rather find the deer as close to where you shot it as possible. Right. Most of those deer in a suburban area, they're going to get hit by a car and hopefully it's a good, quick lethal hit. More than I would say, more times than not, just based on the amount of deer laying by the road next to the roadside, they they get hit in the back end, they run off, they can't, or they drag themselves they have off to the be road. Dispatched, you have to yeah. wait thirty or minutes if for someone if to they're get lucky. There. If they're lucky, if if not, they drag themselves off the road, go over there, die of sepsis. They get eaten by five yeah. coyotes at one time while they're alive. Like I said, it, it that's what Jim's saying. It, nature's rough. You think you, you think nature? hunters are rough on stuff? <laughs> no, we want to kill it as quick and as ethically as possible you ever at seen, all times. You ever seen Nature is Metal on Instagram? Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. But that's that's <clears> what <throat> I'm saying. It, yeah. It's showing the other side of overpopulation, stuff like that. That's what Those kind of things have to happen. I don't want to go down this but, gauntlet right now or down this 
uh, rabbit hole, but this is going to be on full display over the next year when bears come back up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Bears yeah. are coming back on the ballot. Thank, well, not ballot, but they're coming up for discussion again at FWC, and that's got to be all man, all hands on deck at that And point. when I talk about hunters being responsible for managing a species, that is one of the top ones I have in mind is is the bears. And two, I mean, another big thing we have that's a that plagues uh, South Florida right now is, is pythons. And as far as we manage pythons right now, it is uh, not really feasible for the common man just to run down there and, and kill some pythons. They, they want them uh, rightfully humanely dispatched, but the way they put that out there, it, it's almost like, well, we want you to go hunt these wild dogs, and we're gonna, you need to euthanize them as if they were at the vet. I get it that people keep reptiles as snakes. I have nothing against reptiles as snakes. Reptiles as, I get it that people <laughs> no, keep reptiles, reptiles, snake. reptiles as uh, pets. Yep. Um, and I think that pet snakes are cool, but dude, they are an invasive species that is ruining the, the natural wildlife in South Florida and the Everglades, man. And if, if you told every briar who is terrified of snakes would be all about going to hunting pythons, if he could just go shoot it with a 12 gauge and didn't have to capture it alive. Yeah. That, that's like, I've been, I've been noticing a lot. Anybody from South Florida that is a successful YouTube quote-unquote youtuber a lot of them don't call themselves youtubers or whatever but like deer meat for dinner land shark outdoors um there's a handful blue gabe all them they all have videos of them hunting iguanas down in south florida and they have dissipated there is no like you talk you hear those guys talking those videos there's no ducklings Mm -hmm. there's no any kind of like green anoles, you know, natural, natural lizards. There's no small birds. There's no anything that lives on the ground or high enough to where an iguana can't get to it. In reality, there isn't anything they can get can't get to if it can go up a tree. So they go down there and wreck them, and they'll shoot thirty, forty in a day. That does nothing. They'll go down the same exact path of water on the way back to the boat ramp. And they will show them on both sides, the burrows, the holes, the, the, they're everywhere. It, there's seawall erosion. There's Yes. The, they're they, horrible. They're taking them out of air guns or what are, what are they using? Yeah, so them? they're shooting them with, with like, a, I can't remember the brand they were using today. I watched matter. it. It's they're a pellet gun. It's just pellet a, it's gun. like a regular air gun. It's got like a big CO2 thing on the end of it, whatever. They're not loud. Oh, they're, by the it's way. Like a, it's like a regular pellet gun, like a game of rifle or something, sp- I guess. Speaking of that. Uh, we're giving away an iguana hunt and a badass pellet gun at the crawfish bowl. But- well, there- Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel, from business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammes, multi-state law practice, focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, 
conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamas.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N-V-H-A-M-M-E-S dot com. Offices Florida and South Carolina. There you go. But that's a, I was watching the video today with your meat for dinner and, and Hilo's down there and towards like Stewart and all that. But um, I'm telling you, man, they they do a number on them down there. And they have the other guy. What's that other guy, Jordan? Uh, Python Cowboy. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he guides hunts. I don't even know how or, you know, he's got like a nuisance trapper license or whatever. They'll go and shoot 50, 60, 70 of them on one canal. They're so thick. And that's one of those things without people going out and hunting them. What what is naturally going to eat an iguana? So if a fella took his no. his new mud boat down to South Florida, you can you do can it. Go lo- shoot lo- it's legal. Up a couple of fellows with air guns. Hundred percent legal. Yeah. Will it they're, fit? They're an invasive species. Well, I know that. I'm asking if the boat will fit. Oh, absolutely. Oh, a yeah, thousand yeah. percent. Because He's, they the hunt. guy that's giving one away runs. He just runs in a lot of them. Boat. A lot of them down there, like Blue Gabe that I was talking about. He runs a a, a pro drive. That's just a mud boat. It's it's pretty you wild. You got to YouTube the it. and whop them with pellet guns. I'm telling you, look it up on YouTube. Iguana hunting in South Florida, and there's like a thousand videos. But look up like deer meat for dinner. We're taking uh, out the removable deck, boys. I'm <laughs> telling you, man. And they, they eight men deep. <laughs> hey, the Python cowboy guy. He's gnarly, man. He's got like two dogs that retrieve. He'll shoot one, and he'll send his dog like it's a duck. Dude, and his dog will go swim after them iguanas. They'll dive, and his dogs will dive after him. One uh, of them's catfish, and the other one is a uh, what is it? It's a uh, I don't remember. But uh, wild. It, those videos are sick. I was telling me and we were talking about the other day. I said, you know, I, Belle loves lizards. I kind of wonder if I could use her to retrieve iguanas because that dog will do anything to catch a lizard. I'm telling you that. But they're really big lizards, so she may be like, oh. The Python oh, Cowboy guys' <laughs> videos are pretty sweet, and he doesn't even do like a. I think he used drop any, bars. Anything or, uh, extravagant with editing wise, it's just a video of him out with clients shooting iguanas. But. It's pretty sick how he sends his dogs. He'll shoot one and it'll like. Well, shit, it. son, bring your camera. We'll go. Right. He'll send his dogs and his dogs will bail off the deck of the boat and go chase down these iguanas in the canal. Dude, if we're if we're gonna go down to South Florida and shoot some iguanas, I got a buddy down in the Keys who's like, "Come, I'll take you." He's also the lawman, so we'll go with him. I, got, I know a firefighter we'll down there too, so we're good. We get covered on both ends, red and blue. What's up? Well, uh, it wasn't wasn't blue as much as it it used to be green, and now I don't know what you would call the NOAA. That's who he works for now. Oh, okay. So is he, are we hunting him in in the Keys, or are we going back up into into the peninsula to kill him? Oh no, he sends me pictures of just some straight slabs he kills out of his front yard in the Keys. So they're they're so bad down there that businesses pay people like Python Cowboy to come into their business on their days off or first thing in the mornings. And wreck them. Just I can imagine. Them. I can imagine they don't leave a small turd. 
No, no. They, they build that, like burrows around trees. I've seen videos where there's a tree there's with orange like, ones, like yeah. four and I, a half feet long. Like I've heard they taste good, guys. I've heard their eggs are actually good. Too, they look but, just like yeah, I, don't I don't know about I that, but they look that. they look just like I, turtles. No, Turtle I saw meat. a lady make a flan like. out of yes, iguana eggs. I was gonna say I've seen a lady make a flan out of iguana eggs. Yeah, mm. but it's it's just the soft shell egg for me that just kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Hunter. Hunter just, just dried you. I just envisioned like going to crack an egg and it was soft. <laughs> you lost me. You can't crack it. You have to rip it. You kill you you kill a hen. You kill a hen chicken layer. I'm telling you, the best eggs in that chicken are the ones that are still in the chicken and Man, soft. I guarantee you, the hogs that are inside of one that ain't been born yet are probably good, but I'm not gonna eat them. <laughs> I've eaten deer like that. It's so uh, tender, uh, it's no disturbing. Way. There's no way. That's disturbing. Yeah, you ate them out of their belly. No way. Car accident. Yeah. Car oh, okay. accident. Deer was. I guess I, we were cleaning it, and all of a sudden I was like, "What is this?" And I opened up the, the sack, and I'm like, "That's a little baby deer." Had no little, way. Oh yeah. Had little spots on it all, peeled that thing up, boned it like you would a rabbit, stuffed it full of uh, prosciutto and peppers, rolled it up, roast. It was it was so tender. I'm telling you, it was disturbing. So I guess it's no different than like veal. I just Super had veal. veal. When can, I went, yeah, I say, can you call it veal? Hadn't been born. Yet? I don't know. I I was just I like me. Anytime I go to like a good Italian place, I get veal parm every time. That's the only thing I'm getting. If they have it on the menu, I'm getting it. And the other night, my mom like tried to make me feel bad about it. I'm like, uh-uh. I do not. It's not. It's not a cow. Like, whatever. I mean, they're gonna kill the the veals back there in the cow, back. Goat, sheep. Who cares? But no, people was, don't realize, man. Almost everything we eat's babies. Chickens, oh, yeah. eight weeks old. Uh, Beef cattle, ten months, twelve months. Whack. Oh yeah, no, no. I the mean, majority, all of, the majority of chickens you eat like meat chickens. They take like sixteen weeks. Eight. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. That's not. That's gnarly. Yeah, at 16 weeks, their legs break. Well, McDonald's, <laughs> McDonald's, like they pop them out and they throw them as a nugget. Just in the little <laughs> grinder thing. Yeah, you ever Have, seen those videos? No. <laughs> <laughs> they showed us one of those videos in school. It's like all these like little yellow hatchlings. It's probably fake as can be. This video. It's like all these like little yellow hatchlings and they're just like shoving them in a machine and grinding them up. I'm like, geez, like showing this to kids. I was like, I don't grade. think that's going into. Food, I'd still though. eat it. Maybe, no. it, I mean, it'd be fish if it is, it, I mean, I, I'll mess up a 10 piece. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> Dog food. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We drove too far down that rabbit hole. But no, I, I, I do think that adding maybe in the future it wouldn't be bad to add an additional amendment to that to have. First, let's go with what we got and let's get it on, yeah. get it in the Constitution. And then we can work towards more later. We can do it once, we can do it twice. And that's all there is to it. But we yeah. have to. Uh, you need to go to that article on uponation.co. Read it. I'll actually post it down in the podcast description. Read it. Learn about it. In the bottom of that article is a link to, uh, was it Howl for Wildlife? Yep. And every single day you can send an email out to people. That's right. If you go to there each time you go on a different day, and I was delinquent. I didn't do it yesterday. I apologize. It's it generates emails to different representatives than it did the day before. Let's see who I got emails from today. Uh, I'm in the wrong email. I got them from Stuart Beckett Bartleman, um, Casido uh, Kathleen uh, Passamoto, 
Frantrice Driscoll, and Howl for Wildlife. So that was today's. Yesterday, I actually got uh, Representative Milo, uh, Milo, Milo, in an email, um, and and several others in the day and the time before that. Different ones. I haven't got the same uh, email from the same person twice. So, which is very good. But uh, we'll digress on from that. And uh, tonight, today is the sixteenth of April. Which means in two days is turkey season in our zone. Saturday. So this is living in podcast land because you guys are like already through a full week, if I'll not more, halfway, of turkey I'll season. Halfway tagged out by then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you're going to do that, hey, holla at your boy. Yeah, hey, me and William are hoping to tag out this weekend. Or at least William. Bro, you're the public land guy. I can't have you on none of my private. Uh, please, please, by all means. <laughs> and I'll tell you I'm on private land. Listen. I, I, I have no shame in the fact that I hunt deer on private land. I love hunting on public land. But when it comes to turkeys, like, if you can take one and tie its foot to something at this point. Listen, man, I'll tell you straight up honest. I don't care public land, private land. I guess high fence is kind of weird for turkeys. But anyways. What do you mean really high fence? I guess if their wings are clipped, I'm out. No, man, but what do you mean the high fence for? You ever, you ever seen one get stuck against a four-foot fence? Yes, I have. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of it's comical, but anyways, <laughs> I'm serious. The older and older I get as a as a turkey hunter, I, you guys know, anybody that's ever heard me on the podcast before, I'm a die-hard deer hunter. I deer, Same. I, I deer hunt 45 days a year, at least. And I, gosh, this has almost hurts my heart to say this, but it's the truth. i rather hear a turkey gobble on the limb in the morning, sweating, mosquitoes buzzing my head. I hear that turkey gobble on the limb. I forget about a deer all day long. I will. I I rather see hear, see, hear no, that than a buck chasing a doe down a I, food plot. Like, I'll do the same thing. Oof. Right. I do the same thing. You get turkey season. The first day, he gobbles on the limb. Like, oh boy, it's fired up. By noon, he's done ten different ways of trickery. I'm like, all right, screw this shit. When's deer season start? Right. Yeah. It's like what, I want to go sit in. I want to go sit in the comfy climber. You know, in the in the old whatchamacallit seat. The Hasmore seat. Yeah, I want to go sit in my Hasmore seat and be comfortable. Damn it, I don't want to be sitting on the wet ground. With the, you know, got dew on the ground. It's miserable. No, I'm telling you, I, man. I me, love turkey hunting. Let me explain my turkey hunting luck to you. Okay, this is how my turkey hunting luck goes. I have yet to kill one. And this year, I had I, I drew Lake George for opening weekend. I was super excited. I called my buddy Jay Stone. He was gonna he's he's gonna guide for me. And I mean, he's a turkey guide, not a public land guide, but the man knows how to call. Love turkey hunt. He's gonna help me out. Uh, Jordan scouted for me. I've got help from several different people to try and put a bird on the ground. And I get a call. Call Jay today. I was like, "How you doing?" He's like, "I got fifty four stitches in my shoulder." What would he do? He had to have cancer removed out of his shoulder. Oh, no way. Didn't realize it was going to be that invasive. Sheesh. And I was like, boy, all right, nope, no problem. He's like, whatever, whatever you need. He's like, I don't I don't know if we'll be able to go. I was like, hey, man, I, it's no big deal. I appreciate it. He's like, whatever you need, come get from the house. But you know what? In typical my luck turkey fashion, what's it supposed to do all day Saturday? Actually, not anymore. It, it, it's getting lower, lower percentage. <sighs> we'll see. It's down so, to like 20% So now. this morning, was it? I checked this morning today and it I said woke 66. Up, this morning I woke up and I almost cried because like, 
My dad doesn't say very many sentimental things in his life, but I'll tell you this right now. He's a he's a firm believer and preacher of you only get so many opening days. Mm-hmm. So you got to hunt every single one. I don't give a shit if it's a Wednesday. Take off work, go hunt. It's opening day. You only get so many in your life, right? Man, I looked at the forecast and it's like 99% chance of rain Saturday. And you know what's bad? I call my brother. My brother's a trooper too, but I'm like... Saturday's not supposed to be bad. It's Sunday that's supposed to rain. Saturday was supposed to be gnarly. Was it? This, like it's, two days ago? Oh, no, you're right. Saturday was raining. Sunday was nice. It's still 61% to 70%. As of now? Aster. In Aster, yeah. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong. But anyways, it doesn't matter rain or shine. I'm going to be turkey hunt. Same. They might not gobble. I might not hear a bird. But best believe I will not be laying in bed. So. I'm going to give it a shot. It's down though. Saturdays to sixty one. It's and Saturday Sundays, afternoon. It's supposed to rain though. Is Sundays you, at, at hourly. Sundays at seventy. Sunday has rain now. Sunday is gonna rain. Great. So it keeps pushing back. Well, it was supposed to rain like hell Saturday. Now it's gonna rain on Sunday. We'll see how it goes. I got a blind. I'll carry a blind if we have to sit in a blind. Ugh. I don't want to, man. But if it's pouring rain and we can't avoid it, it is what it is. It's better than being like really, really wet. I agree. You know, though, if it doesn't yeah, rain showers later, developing during the afternoon with the front coming in in the morning, I bet those birds are going to be howling. So I have a question. You guys are usually good about this because I, I learn something new every time I come on the podcast. So I'm sure people that listen do the same thing. I heard that turkeys gobble more, and this is obviously extremely variable, but I heard they gobble more when the pressure is higher. When the so, like barometric pressure, so you know how deer move when the barometric pressure is higher. You can see like trends in movement in deer with the, with the pressures high, right? Cold morning pressures high. See more deer movement than if it's a hot afternoon in September. Google man, I heard from a a person that has guided an extremely unreal amount of turkey hunts. That on days where the barometric pressure is high is the days that turkeys are most active, like gobbling. Increasing barometric pressures positively affect gobbling activity. Boom. So that person was not lying to me. When when weather's coming and your your barometer's falling, though, isn't it? Well, before the front gets there. I've never seen a barometer in my life, so I don't know. I don't know either. I just look at the barometric pressure on the weather channel, and if it's above 30, it's pretty solid. That's how I look at it. I mean, I don't like get technical with it, like point percent, whatever, but like deer hunting, a hundred percent. I I will look at the barometric pressure right after I look at the wind direction. Hmm. And I, I mean, I don't know. It might be some hoopla, but, but later in the day. I'm down with it, dude. I'm, I'm going, I'm going. I, I'm going to hunt whether it's raining or not. It's like, yeah. really, hey, just. I bought good rain gear for a Listen, reason. he better not gobble on the limb. You know, I might get up underneath him. Uh, yeah. High pressure is associated with clear skies and calm weather. So the, when the front is pushing through, the pressure would be lower. Well, so immediately after the front. So as long as the pressure is as high and low, and as long as the pressure in my shotgun barrel is high, <laughs> I'm good. You just got to make it in there about 35. I'm eating him up. But I, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I, I really have seen a lot of signs this week that my luck is going to play the same. I was thinking heavily about turkey hunting one day at work, and I came home, parked my truck, 
and it was at 206,666 miles. And I was like, I feel like I need to drive around the block. <laughs> Just but, one more mile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have needed to put like 11 more miles on it because yeah. it was 206,666 miles. Uh, but uh, I was like, man, that's. Uh, we're going to let it ride. He's going to go get the jack stand out and put it in drive. He's going to sweat her. tires and skin. I shit you not, dude. I pulled into that park right there. My work truck's parked right now, and it was 206,666. We need to pause this and right I looked now at that. and just go, go run around the block one oh, time. Oh, no, not not today. This was a couple days ago. Oh. And, and, and I was like, man, that's rough. And then the same, the next morning as I'm going into work, a, a, what I presumed to be a black cat, but it had a white, spat, white patch on its oh, tail, so it was, it was all right. And I'm like, man... I'm not a superstitious person, but like every, all the superstitions that could line up are like, you're fucked. If you if you hunt with me for too long, man, Jordan's hunted with me a handful of times, and you can ask Jordan those handful of times, I guarantee you every single time that he's hunted with me, I've looked at him square in his face like, man, I got a good feeling about this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. And it's like, how many good feelings can you have, man? Like, I don't, I don't know. know when evidently. It, when it comes to turkeys and I see all these things lining up like that, I'm like, meh, figures. You know what's awesome about turkey hunting, though, is I probably hunted, I don't know, probably 10 mornings last year to 12 hunts. I killed one bird in Florida. I had probably four or five birds inside of 50 in Georgia. I just couldn't see them or get a shot on them. I have, I think I've only killed one bird in Georgia in my whole life. So I'm no like professional turkey hunter by any means. I enjoy it though. But the one in Florida was literally me, my dad, my sister walk in super late one morning. My dad's like, we're going to bust them off the limb. And that's like my dad's, when it comes to turkey hunting, that's like his pet peeve. He's like, I do not want to walk under turkeys where they can see me. Because obviously, your hunt's over. They're going to they're gonna pitch the other way. It's done. He's like, but if you get in there, you can literally walk underneath a turkey in the pitch black dark because they're sleeping. Right. They're not looking. You know, they're not constantly watching their surroundings. They And deer walk under them. Other animals walk under them all the time. So we ease in there super late. And we get we get set up. My dad's like, oh, we're not going to set up where we usually set up. Let's set up over here. Oh, whatever. Fine, dad. Not that I don't know this piece of property, you know. So we get set up. We're sitting there. Didn't hear a single gobble. Not one. It's like 8, 8 a.m. now at this point. I'm like, damn, I got to get to work at 930. It's like I'm either calling in sick or we're going to shoot a bird before 9 because I got to get back to the house. And it's like seven thirty, seven forty. Dad's like, bow, turkey gobbles. I'm like, all right, all right. And then all of a sudden, here, all the way down there where the turkeys come from a lot of times. And this hen gets fired up. She starts cackling. You know, peck, 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 yeah. peck, 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 And dad starts pecking back at her and whatever. Turkey, bow, bow. Two turkeys gobble. I'm like, oh, they're close. Son, that turkey come around that corner, Mach 10. I'm talking just getting down. He was like three-quarter strut, so it looks like his belly's just bouncing around. <laughs> and he's like, on the left, on the left, on the left. I'm like, uh, yeah, the one with the giant beard hanging out of his neck. Hey, I shot him a little low, blew his beard off, killing him <laughs> deader than hell. My sister's never killed a turkey. She's set up to my left. I'm like... Just shoot one of them. They're all, like, it was like two gobblers and five jakes. 
I'm like, just shoot one. It doesn't matter which one it is. They're all legal birds. You know, they got beards. You're good. Shoot one. And she makes a hell of a shot, free-handed, like leaning out past me. Bow! And rolls a Jake up. You'd have thought my dad won the World Series. He jumped, <laughs> he jumped up. He's like, that's a good shot, Macy. That's a good shot, Macy. And I'm like over here like, man, what the hell? You know, like I, I kill one. He said, yeah. I expect that. I'm like, you, you need <laughs> to shoot everything all the time. That's you. You had your years, but dude, no, I mean, that was a cool have, morning have in ever, Turkey Woods. I don't know that I've ever told the closest I've ever come to a successful turkey hunt uh, on the podcast. And we were up. I, I was living in Kentucky, still stationed in Fort Campbell, and I had a buddy who was like, "Oh, I used to hunt, blah blah blah. Let me take me hunting with you." And this is after deer season. I'm like, well, I'm going turkey hunting on Saturday. Um, if you want to go with me, you're more than welcome. Uh, but you're second gun because I ain't never killed a turkey. Right. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's fine. So we stop where I had seen turkeys before. Well, I knew kind of where I knew that there was a cut cornfield out and I knew that turkeys were in that general direction. I'd seen them in the cornfield. I was like, they've got to be roosted somewhere in here. We're going to stop on this fire break that leads to a logging road. We'll see if we can get one to gobble on the limb. Then we'll move from the truck and kind of set ourselves in a position. So get out of the truck. Give them the old hoot out. Nothing. I'm like, God dang. Give him another hoot out. Nothing. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? Let's give her the old Cal National Forest. Slam the ever-living shit out of my truck door. Or hit the horn. Beep, beep. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. I'm like, all right, well, but we're we're gonna go down this fire break and hit the logging road, and we're gonna we're gonna go to where I think they are, where I've seen them before. All right, sounds good. So we back up the truck, get walking down the fire break, get about halfway down the fire break. I said, hang on a minute, just give them the ooh fires right back. I was like, bo, he's right where I'm telling where I thought he was. So I said, we got it, we got to we got a hot step at sun because we're coming close to daylight. We need to get set up before he gets it down. So we start getting a good shuffle going on. <clears throat> get out into the logging road, which, mind you, is is like two and a half car lanes wide. And we're coming down the right side of it. And uh, evidently he was facing away from me on the roost when he gobbled because we were about 300 yards shy where I thought we needed to be. Mm-hmm. He left the roost and landed in front of me in the road at 30 yards. And it's like right at that 30-minute-before-daylight cusp, and I was like, I'm not sure it's a gobbler or not. And I'm standing in the middle of the road. And I said, well... You're a better man than me. I said, (laughs) listen. I said, he puffed up. I said, (laughs) (laughs) I got my shotgun right hand. I said, well... I got to fucking try. And I eased real slow, and I got, he stood up, he stretched his neck way out, and I said, Ha-wah! And he hit the dirt, started flopping. I was like, Hell yeah! I was so excited. Racked another shell in there, and he got up and flew away. And I shot no. two more times. No. Yeah. Damn. Never. Dude, I searched for that bird for hours. Man, it's like hours. a blood trail of turkey. <laughs> you, no, hey, you don't. Hey, you're, you're laughing about that. I actually saw a video recently of a guy shooting one in a field with the a pin hoodie project. Um, the guy that hunts for Mossy Oak, what's his name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he hunts for the pin hoodie project or whatever it's called. He's got a big YouTube. He posts like 120 
turkey hunting videos a year. That's all he does is just turkey hunt and like work for Mossy Oak and stuff. They shot one low in Iowa and like breasted the bird and it kind of like flew off in a weird, he wasn't flying like real good. He's like, man, I think you hit that bird. And the guy's like, I, I, I was holding it right on his head and blah, blah, blah. Well, the GoPro footage, he's like holding the camera and you can see the guy next to him and you can kind of see his barrel dip right at the last second. Like, you know, like anybody, when you go to squeeze right. a shotgun off, he gave him a little flinch or whatever. Sure, shit, he blood trailed that turkey into the timber. And the turkey was laid up in there, hurting, and ended up shooting it again. That gum. It's gnarly. The thing is, though, like, oh, man, the area I was in in Fort Campbell, like, you, you've seen some of Fort Campbell. Yeah. But you did not see 9 Alpha. I don't know. Like, <laughs> okay. is it, it, you've been in West Virginia, right? Like, yes, but not greatly but yeah. ex, expe, ex, no. explored the woods. So, some of Fort Campbell, where when we hunted up there on the base, you can stand on a ridge top and see for 400 yards through. Yeah. Because it's tall, you know, tall tree, single canopy. Yeah. Where I was at hunting turkeys was pines. So, you had a double canopy. You had your, your tall pines, and then you had shrub that was about five feet tall. So, when I shot that bird on the logging road... <laughs> He went into that shrub. He's disappeared. No, I'd have, if I'd have found him, it'd have been dumb luck. Yeah. Well, that that I mean, dude, I I literally I blood trailed a deer in that same area, and it took me two and a half hours to find that deer, and went about seventy five yards. How, I'm on on the next note. How gnarly is the the ammunition you can get for a four ten these days? Now, yeah, no kidding, man. That's idiotic. I just bought a Stevens three hundred one for my little cousin. Um. And I'll probably use it. Tungsten, until he tungsten can use it. has changed the the game Dude, when it comes to turkey. TSS hunting. with a stock choke, which is it's a stock choke in quotations, but I've been told from people that the stock choke that comes in those Stevens three oh ones are made by um Carlson's. Okay. So it's a good choke. I, I, that's why I shoot mine. It's a very good Carlson's. choke. I, I mean, I, I, dude, I will stand here on the podium and preach to you. I freaking love my Carlson. Shows. They're good. They're yeah. great. And I, I haven't even shot mine yet. I've just heard it from a bunch of people. They're like, man, shoot your stock choke that comes with that gun before you go and spend a hundred dollars on one because the one that's in it, you can shoot birds all day long at forty yards with a with a four ten. Yeah, and I'm like. Oh, so I started doing a little research, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Those things are nasty at 40 yards. You yeah. can you can shoot a turkey with, at, and this is, I'm not condoning this in any way, shape, or form. You can shoot a turkey with a 12-gauge shotgun in TSS at 80 yards oh, and listen, shoot a pattern. Dude, so I've got TSS. How the hell can you see a turkey's head at 80 yards <laughs> with a bead? There's I, no way. I've got TSS out there that Jay gave me. He's like, you got turkey shells? I was like, yeah, I've got some uh, three-inch number five lead. He said, turkey express or whatever. I yeah, is it Winchester, Winchester, yeah. whatever, turkey extreme. Well, and he said, no. He said, come to the house. <clears throat> I'm going to hand you, i got some three-and-a-half-inch tungsten. He said, I'm going to give you two of them. Oh, damn. He said, shoot one at 30. If it patterns like you want it to, shoot the next one at 50. If that works, he said, we'll take that. We'll take use a tungsten. He said, I've got about 15 rounds of it. I was like, oh, 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 okay, sounds good. So I've got two shells of tungsten out there and all my regular lead turkey. Sheesh. So, and, and I know that that, 
that uh, Carlson's Longbeard XR that I've got in there mm-hmm. is specifically for tungsten shot. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see how she patterns. Basically, tomorrow. all the turkey loads you're going to get, like, in, besides your lower end turkey loads, are all like uh, what you call it? They're tungsten. They're tungsten. They yeah. they all have high velocity. They're they're yeah. heavy. They're whatever whatever they are. But some of them are idiotic. Like that. Uh, there's one that's called Rogue Ammunition. That one's pretty nasty, too. I was looking at some videos. I have a guy that hunts in West Virginia that's buddies with one of my buddies. I know him through social media. Dude, I had such a hard time with turkeys that I was started, started digging through regulations looking for loopholes. And I found <laughs> one in Georgia, all right? Yeah, I, you, I, yeah you can shoot him with a muzzleloader in Georgia, right? It, correct. Yeah. It doesn't say muzzleloading shotgun. You shoot him with like 150. It used to say, I haven't checked it recently, but it used to say shotgun or... Muzzle, muzzle loader. loader. So what they mean not by muzzle that loading is you shotgun. Gotta, you got to load your muzzle loader as he's coming to you. You're like, <laughs> the hell no, dude. I'm shooting. I'm shooting a half inch group with that with that thing <laughs> with my Man. muzzle loader, dude. I'll let her have well, it Florida, all day. Florida has yards. weird laws too when it comes. You can so shoot Florida, with a, you can actually still hunt turkeys with a rifle on with a rim fire, right? No, or center fire rifle. You center hunt turkeys fire with rifle. a rifle really? on private I shot him land. Twenty two mag. That's about it on private mm-hmm. land. Yeah. That's not, not really. on public land, just on private land. But still, huh? That's crazy. I I wonder if ev- like the last day, you come down here and spend three grand on turkey hunt. Last day, homeboys like, hey man, where's the twenty two mag? At? Let me break out the three hundred wind mag. <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> the turkeys that were at a hundred yesterday are doomed. He said, today. I need that Osceola for my grand slam. Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, people are so obsessed with the Osceolas. They love them. I love them too. We're talking about turkeys and rifles in Florida. Yeah. And crazy regulations. Like Georgia, 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 you could shoot them with a, as you said, a muzzle A muzzle loader, yeah. That's insane. Well, used to be. I don't know if it is now. I, I have to double check, but it used to say, cause, and I don't know whether they meant to put in muzzle loading shotgun, but it just said muzzle loader. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I'll, I'll tell you, you know what? I, I don't know. I've talked about my dad on this thing like a hundred times, but I always find myself come back to like stories about that guy. It's like some people are just born with the golden horseshoe. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it's in their boot everywhere they go. No matter. I watched that guy with his mismatched camo, no face mask. You know, like, Back in the, you hear like the hunting public and stuff talk about their grandpa. Oh, he used to hunt a flannel shirt, kill deer all day long with a traditional bow. So now we have all this technology, all this new camouflage, all fancy this, fancy that, whatever. My dad still wears like mismatched mossy oak camo, his work boots, like whatever. I watched the guy shoot some 10 year old, two and a half inch Turkey Express green, you know, those green turkey, like the turkey loads that are. They came in the old green box. Oh, yeah. I got buckshot like that. I watched him bust two of those out last year to go turkey hunt with me one morning. And we we chased these birds all over this place. And finally, he's like, they gobble both at the same time. He's like, they're coming. I can tell they're getting closer at that or they're strutting and they're gobbling away from us one time and they're strutting in a circle and they're gobbling towards us. One of the two. And they just went silent. Like, just radio silent, just crickets. And I'm like, they're coming. Just a lot of times, that's usually what they'll do. They'll gobble and gobble and gobble and gobble, and then they'll break. And if a turkey breaks, 
unless you get him really damn close and then you start calling to him again, he might give you one more courtesy gobble right there in your face, and then you, good luck. Good luck putting the beat on his head, because I'm telling you, he's going to get you rattled. But when they get quiet like that, usually they're they're committed. So we sat there for 30 minutes. Didn't move, didn't call, did nothing. I said, Dad, them turkeys, them turkeys, and I went the other way. He looked at me, and I'm, we're sitting side by side, one to the right, one to the left. He's like, they're, I don't know, man. They might be just slowly coming to us. I said, yeah, but they would have gobbled by now, you know, to try to locate us where we're at. He's like, they know where we're at. It's okay. So we're sitting there, sitting there, sitting crickets. So now we're coming up on like 40 minutes. I'm like, I'm getting antsy, like a little kid. I got to get up and move around. Like, let's go chase these birds around. And I look over, and my little cousin was filming me, and uh, the camera's all twi- junked up where it's not level, starting to bother me a little bit. I said, give me, that, give me that. Give me the camera. So I slid over there next to him. Well, I stuck my gun up on the tree behind me. I shit you not, my dad's like, don't move. I'm like, oh, my God. We just had it for 45 minutes to wait on these turkeys. <laughs> They're coming down the road straight to us, 40 yards. Well, how we set up was really realistically was not a good setup for me, but it was a great setup for him because he could see right down the road, and I couldn't see nothing but palmettos. But the turkeys had to commit right in order for us to be able to kill them before they saw us, and they gobbled right there at thirty yards. It felt like it shook your shirt, and they committed right. And Dad's like, "Get the camera, get the camera." Like, all right. Well, I already had the camera in my hand, so I just leaned back, kind of. Put pointed in the direction of where the turkeys were headed, <laughs> and that son of a bitch shot. Bow! Blew both my eardrums out. I'm like, oh man, what? I said, you get him. The famous last words. Bitch and shot both them turkeys with that two and a half inch <laughs> five year old turkey. <laughs> he killed both of them. Both of them, t- uh, nine and a half, ten inch beard. You know, inch and a quarter spurs. I'm like, I don't even know why I come with you. He's Dude. like, so you can see some fun stuff. That's why you come with me. He shot them both with one shot. He's like, the bad part is I was just going to shoot the front one. Then I'll, as I'm squeezing, I see that back head just line up. He's like, bow. He's like, I know I killed both of them as soon as I squeeze the trigger. There was feathers and shit flying everywhere. <laughs> man, man I, just and that's not, that's not like a story. That's not a story when I was a little kid. That was last year. <laughs> so like yeah he's been doing that to me my whole life i, I tell you dude I, I give you so so three stories i'll give you the story before the guided hunt the story of the guided hunt and the story after the guided hunt that i've gone on turkeys now granted i've been chasing turkeys every year for the better part of 16 years if you keep talking about it i'm gonna have to take you out there and let you shoot you should you should let me take me out there and let me shoot <laughs> one of your birds uh i would tell you to come saturday but i know you're a public land guy but happy out there Saturday morning. <laughs> but uh, you know, and Listen, he better be there as much time as I've spent scouting. Jim, Jim said the same thing a couple of years ago. He's like, "Oh, these birds, easy birds, easy birds." Yeah, wrong. Anyway, no such thing. No I'm such there. thing as the easy one. I Listen, just know they're there. I don't know if I can kill them. <laughs> we watched them for forty five minutes. <laughs> when I'm there, things get exponentially harder. Anyway, so before the turkey, before the turkey, uh, the guided hunt. I uh, took a buddy out, again, a, a new guy. I always like dragging people along with me. have no idea what they're going on. It makes me look like I know what I'm doing, but I don't. Misery loves company. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Dude, I, I had roosted a bird uh, in this area the night before. We went back out that next morning, got in there, and I got set up away from him. Got set up, clucked one time, he fired right back. I was like, all right, we're good to go. And at that point, I called, admittedly called way too much. Uh, but it didn't matter that morning. And that's usually that's usually the number one issue. Didn't didn't make a shit that morning. All right, because I called, he fired back. I called, he fired back. Dude, we were within a hundred yards of that roost, and he was coming to us hard, hard. And all of a sudden, he's gobbling, gobbling, gobbling. He quits moving, and I'm like, "What the heck is going? Why why did he stop? He came for fifty, sixty yards, quit, and just whoosh, silence." And all of a sudden, he just goes, burp, burp, and then I never heard another word from him. Sat there for another 45 minutes. And I was like, man, where'd this turkey go? So we pack up all our stuff, wander. Uh, we're sitting on top of a hill where he'd have come up from the bottom of the hill and just crested and just laid him out flat. Mm-hmm. Get just over that hill, there's about a 30-foot drop down to a creek. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's why he didn't come up here. <laughs> Didn't know that was there. <clears throat> Go to so that that was my first mistake there. If I'd have gone, probably he was probably roosted down around that creek. Didn't didn't even realize that that giant drop was there. Knew the creek was there, but didn't know the giant drop was there. Came in from the other side. Go to the guided hunt. I was awarded. I got randomly drawn for the Commander General's turkey hunt on Fort Campbell, uh, which there were probably. 80 of us total. And they spread us across a bunch of training areas on Fort Campbell. And I show up, I meet my guide. He's like, yeah, buddy, we got training area seven. Um, I've already roosted some birds. He said, we'll be back here for breakfast. I said, that's great, dude. I'm super excited. You're like, you don't know who I am. <laughs> right. And, but I, <laughs> Like evil can evil. You know but, who the hell I am. <laughs> but I quickly proved him wrong. Because I went over there, I drew my area assignment, I walked over to him, I said, what training area do we have? He said, well, they told me you had seven. I said, this says nine Bravo. No. He said, what? I said, yeah, man, my permit says nine Bravo. We don't have seven, we have nine Bravo. He said, well, do you know anything about nine Bravo? I said, uh, deer hunted there once. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop it. I swear to you. He's like, well, do you know an easy way into the woods? <laughs> I was like, well, I can take you where I yeah, walked. Yeah, let's go to seven. <laughs> you go to seven, exactly. Uh, so we walk in, we get in there, dude. He had a he had a bird coming in, and each training area is is at a minimum like two hundred acres. Ours yeah. was probably four to five hundred acres, and there's two hunters on it. Mm. He had a bird coming. We had one, and and the other guide got in between us and the bird. They didn't kill it either, but. I thought I was going to have to, I stopped a murder that day. hundred percent. Because he was, he was a pro staffer for Quaker boy. Don't dude. Play, man. Yeah, no, he was, he was ready to go. Uh, did not kill a bird that day. Learned a shit ton though from that guy. Then I take the knowledge I've got and I got, I moved down to Georgia and we go hunting a WMA down there. And I know I've told this one before. Turkey, turkeys in Georgia are tough. I, we tough. had one, I gobbled one and I knew, and I got set up in a good strut zone. It was 200 yards from where he was roosted probably. And he, he gobbled once hit the ground, gobbled again. And I shut up. 
I started making soft noises, scratching the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm not really calling to him anymore. He's coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. And then here comes that clapped out ass piece of crap Silverado. And I know it was a Silverado because <laughs> I ran into the guy later in the day. He heard that bird gobble when he when he got out. I this is what I hear. <laughs> coming through that training area. And then he stops. And I hear. Damn. Old box call. <laughs> <laughs> and then the door, the door shut. shut yeah <laughs> I, I turned to my buddy aj i said we're fucked yeah he's coming <laughs> yeah. not no more that turkey turned and went the other direction and then we're you know we wanted that w may after that and the guy's like y'all heard any? well I, I heard that same truck coming he rolls up on us walking down the road y'all see any birds today I said, dude, we had one coming in on a train, then some asshole in a beat up ass truck come driving through here <laughs> and, and and turned it around. He goes, Damn, that sucks. And I was like, Yeah, it really does. He's like, Man, couldn't be me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's like, Oh Sheila, that's a good truck right there. That wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could hear the exhaust pipe banging against yeah. the body as it goes over the bumps, you know what I mean? <laughs> I took Jason Guy well, I shouldn't say took we were both up in our lease in Georgia. And I was calling, he was supposed to be the trigger man, and we had one that we walked a long way to get to that bird. Like, Is this the one Is this the one where you guys got to sit there and watch him breed a hen? And you all got them? it. Yeah. You heard that, <laughs> that story, was, That was a hell of a story, I'm telling you. Yeah, cool. we needed him to walk five feet to the right, and instead some hens came out across the power line, and he went over there and knocked them up, and then it ruined man, our hunt. I'll tell Dude. you, turkey, turkey hunting, and I've shot some in Florida. And I've tried to shoot a lot of them in Georgia. I've probably spent more time in the woods turkey hunting in Georgia than I have in Florida in total. Those, I think the birds just know the terrain that well. And, and, and if you think about it, if you really break it down, we're trying to reverse nature, right? Yep. So that bird's goblin. Oh, yeah. He's not supposed to go to the hen. It's supposed to be, I gobble, I'm top dog, you come to me. So that's why if you see like Waddell and Culpepper and the guys that I, I grew up watching turkey hunt, they're sometimes overly aggressive, moving towards the bird, and then they'll fan him or they'll do whatever. And you know what I mean? But reversing nature is not an easy thing to do. What do you think, Will? No, hell no, dude. I had his. I literally had. If I stretch my legs out right now, uh, your left thigh was where that hen was standing compared to my feet. His hen, and he would not. He would not come to me. Nope. Really? I had his hen at my feet, and he would not come to me. This guy. This was the most game bird. We could. We a whole, we were just, a whole ass pimp. He <laughs> was. He really was. <laughs> we could yell whatever we wanted, and he would scream back at us. But his ass was not coming to the hen and that it makes you think right like is that their instinct is it like hmm that that little cackle that she has just is not enticing enough this dude was a pimp and he was surrounded by hoes he was not gonna leave hoes to find hoes hey if you want to talk street i wish i had it that way (laughs) When, when we had his hens next to us he said 
nah, I'm good. Turn around and started walking away. <laughs> you know why? And they left and went to him. Yeah. He already bred them hens. He's like, I don't had a piece of that. I'm good. I already, <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm going to find something new over here. He did. He followed a couple more, but just uh, where we were hunting, we were on the wrong side of the fence. They, uh, if We needed him to... Dude. It was, it's, it was so frustrating because... It's like he he's right there. Yeah. Like where you are. We're here. He's there. We can't kill him. We're here there. I mean, it was that ah, you know. The so. first morning or the first day I, I ended up scouting for turkeys for William, I have never seen three gobblers break a fence so fast. Right? Because we're we're running down this road and we see these we we see some dots and a field. And uh, I'm like, let me get my binos out real quick. So I bust them out of my harness. I look, I'm like, oh, bro, there are five, like, long beards out there. And my boy Bryce is like, ah, well, let me hit the mid slate real quick. Yeah, he busts out that slate and slaps it real quick. And about three of them just said, boop, and turned to us. And literally just booked it. Didn't even, I mean, that fence didn't even What, t- what time was this? Afternoon? It was the afternoon, yeah. Man, I'll tell you right now. That fence didn't slow them down, son. They ducked under that sucker and booked it straight so, to us. <clears throat> obviously, when you get them right off the limits, it's it's really, really hard to kill the hind-up gobbler, right? It's basically impossible. Unless you're just in their route, in the way, the direction they want to go, right? Yeah. The whole the whole flock will come past you. That's the best way to kill one in the morning. In the afternoon, if you can get a turkey to gobble... One time. They didn't even gobble. But I'm they saying, just... if you can see him or whatever, but if a turkey gobbles one time in the afternoon, a lot of times, his ass is grass. He's commit. He, I don't know what it is about the afternoon. They're by themselves. When you catch a gobbler in a field in the, in the afternoon, a lot of times, obviously not all the time. But if you catch them in the afternoon, right, they're in the field, there might be a whole flock out there, but usually the hens are here, the gobbler's by himself. If you can and get him to gobble, he's already coming. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I'm telling you, it has to be Oh, it's, it's been... like he's bred those hens already in the morning or something. And he, it's like, oh, that's another hen. I've heard it said many times. That I haven't times, been around, I haven't, you know, I haven't, I ain't laid up with. I've heard it said many times, if you can get him to gobble after 10 o'clock, that's a dead bird. Yeah, one, and one gobble. It doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have to gobble and gobble and gobble. No, it's gobble and sit still. He's coming. Yeah. And my dad has told me that. I've, I've killed more birds late morning than I have off the roost, 100%. Because a lot of times, like there's one piece of property that I have, I won't even hunt it off the limb. There's no reason to. There's enough hens on that piece of property that you got to catch him in the field by himself. And if you do, sit down. He's coming. I think you're right. I think that he's already taking care of business. Yeah. And he was he was aware because I think they're incredibly spatially oriented. So if you're over, he he's got hens with him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "There's another girl over Who's there." Who's that? But right now, I'm, I'm taking care of business. So once everybody's serviced, then I'll go look for her. So like you said, you catch him in the field. And he doesn't, <clears throat> you know, because two hours have gone by. So he's where she was, which is where you were calling. Yep. 
lets out that, hey, I'm over here now. And you respond. He's like, I'm, I'm away. And a lot of times when you kill, if you, if you can get in there, if you know where birds are roosting, you can 100% kill one in the afternoon. So, <clears throat> for that reason. Deer have really good noses, right? Uh, turkeys don't, but they can still smell me. I'm pretty much convinced of that. Only you, though. <laughs> Only me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they have, like, some extraterrestrial hearing ability. And when you, like, you make that yelp, they don't just know, oh, she's over there. They know, she's over there underneath that oak tree. Oh, they pinpoint. Pinpoint oh, yeah. sound, 100%. Yeah. That's what my dad always tells me. He's like, if he, on the limb, it's different. If he gobbles back to you, he knows exactly where yes. you are. But if, like, say they're on the limb, right? There could be a hen two limbs over from him going, and making him gobble. Like you, if you can't hear the hint, because sometimes the hens are super subtle. They're super quiet. When he gobbles, he's loud. You know, you can hear him from 250 yards away. A hen, sometimes you can only hear her 50 yards away. So they'll sit limb to limb with a flock. And she'll make those super subtle noises and he'll gobble. And he'll gobble. And he'll gobble. And he'll gobble. And he, you think he's gobbling at you because you're calling. Yeah. You know, you, you're you doing those soft or fly down or whatever, and he gobbles. He might be gobbling at you, but like I said, you never really know because you can't, 90% of the time, you can't get that close to him and see him in the limb. In springtime, there's enough foliage. They're, they're hidden up in there. But when they gobble, 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 and that bird pitches down, and all of a sudden he's 100 yards away and he gobbles again, your morning, your morning's over. You need to go back to the truck, get you some coffee, and come out there about ten to call again. <laughs> because I'm telling you, you never know. It's so hard to pull a gob, especially if they're committed to the flock. It's hard to pull a gobbler away from hens. I mean, it's yeah. You're better off calling to the hens, yeah. trying to be like, "Hey, girls, I fit in. Y'all come on over here. I found some food. Yeah, yeah. like I'm I'm over here eating acorns. Like, what's up?" Then yeah. you end up like William did, where his hands are right there with you, and the gobbler's like, hey, bitch, I'm over here. Hey, he, didn't already, <laughs> hit, he already hit them hens up. He's yeah. good. I don't need no more of them. One of the things that kills me is I wonder sometimes when you're out, especially if they're a little bit distant, when you hear a turkey gobble, well, I've definitely had this related story. You've heard that distant gobbler, and you're with your buddy, and you're walking, and all of a sudden you... you Exactly, man. You're like, <laughs> oh, he's over there. Yeah, no, he's like, over there. He, or there. And then and then you listen, listen, and you listen, and it gobbles again. And then you're like, oh, well, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then Switch uh, fucking directions. You, you walk up, you're walking, and I'll say, man, he's close. And then, no, 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 he's not close. And I'm, and, and then of course, it's two birds, and, and you just you just never know. What's crazy? That happens a lot. Yeah, where one gobble will gobble, or, or sorry, one turkey will gobble and gobble and gobble and gobble all morning. You're chasing him around. He's coming. He's 100 yards away. Oh, let's set up. You're facing you're this direction, right? Facing right towards that bird. Turkey gobbles. He's 80 yards behind you. That other turkey's still gobbling. That turkey ain't gobbled all damn morning long. He's a satellite gobbler. He's been kicked out the flock by that guy. But the thing is, we all say that like it's emphatically true. Oh, yeah, no. But we don't know. No, you don't know. <laughs> you know but, like, 
But if like it was the same damn bird, you just don't know it. So what? One thing that's really cool that I enjoy doing is I like watching turkeys. Period. If they're three hundred yards away, I like to watch how the flock interacts with each other. Because if you look at Jake's, Jake's are a teenage boy. They're horny as hell, and they want to chase all those hens around all day long. But his senior, you know, the senior is dating the hens. I'll shoot the shit out of a Jake if I get the chance. To. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling you, the the senior, you know, senior on the football team is is the gobbler, right? He's he's got all the girls. Those Jakes will still come up in there and try to. I just want one, you know. I don't need all of them. I just want one, and that gobbler will run them off. And then it'll be oh, spun. Or, then it'll be spun around where those five Jakes will beat the ever loving shit out of that gobbler. Bingo! I seen that happen. And I they'll jump him like a bunch of bunch of ninth graders on. jump up on a senior boy. They'll whoop <laughs> up on him. Listen, yep. come Saturday, there's not even a bearded hen that's safe out there. <laughs> I, I was going to say if there's <laughs> a, a great mount, if there's a, a feather out of place, right? <laughs> but, he said, "Ain't a fence going to stop me <laughs> if, it's, <laughs> if it's legal. It's dead." Hey, I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't think I've ever shot a Jake, but I damn sure wanted dude, to. I, at this point, I've got to break the curse. At this, you know, I've got to do so something to break the curse. You asked my little sister, right? So she shot that Jake. Well, we're a very, very competitive group, right? Like my turkey's got longer spurs. My turkey's got longer beard. She's like, "This is my first turkey. What was your first turkey?" I said, <laughs> "My first turkey had a ten and a quarter inch beard and an inch and like three eight spurs. Giant bird." My dad called him in. I was probably 16. She's like, well, I'm only 13. I'm like, well, guess what? You still lose. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that was a hell of a shot. And and to give her some more credit on that, she shot that bird in the, in the um, what was the front end of the shotgun where you put your your front hand? Your foregrip. Four, it's like the foregrip? Foreign foregrip. Pump. It blew apart. Oh, so like she shot, bow, she killed the bird, and she had two pieces of wood in her hand. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like lie. I, I know a guy who did that on a duck hunt, and then still proceeded to kill a, a nice Drake ringneck uh, with no pump act, no pump on a shotgun. Well, this wasn't even a pump. This is semi-automatic shotgun. Hell yeah! And it blew apart, and she was like, "My gun's in two pieces." I'm like, "Who gives a shit?" There's two flopping birds out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, get you another gun. But oh. Um, you know. It's good morning for sure. I've well, put more people on birds. I'm still yet to technically shoot my first turkey in a turkey hunting scenario. Man, right. I'll, I'll put someone on oh, a, yeah, on a, yeah, on a deer about, all day, but I'm not putting nobody somebody, on a turkey. You want to talk about somebody with a horseshoe up their ass? My dad, I'm pretty sure the one turkey he's killed, he killed with like bird shot. I don't think he was even turkey. Like a target he load? wasn't. He was he was showing somebody the property we had at that time, saw a turkey coming down the road, set up, and I'm pretty sure he killed it with like number seven. Bird Damn. shot. That's a bill thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can tell. Like that that was like that one weekend I went I'm not even hundred percent positive he was wearing hunting, uh, camouflage. I think you shot one bird and your dad shot eleven or something for the weekend or seven for the weekend, <laughs> and there was one other bird besides one that died at the end of his shotgun. Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, gentlemen, you want to you want to close it out? I'll give you a closing thought and something I learned from the guide. Like I said earlier, if he answers to you, he knows where you are. Shut up. Period. 
you can call way too much. Like we talked about, every single time he gobbles, he's calling hens to himself. And the more he gobbles, the more chances a hen's going to get between you and him. And if he gets a live hen, he ain't coming to you. I've like, uh, I've got one thing for you. And uh, if you've learned anything from our host here, William. Persistence. Have somebody, else do, it, have somebody else do all the work for you. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's working for him so far. Yeah. But, hey. How cool would that be, One of these days, Jordan will kill a nice buck in Florida. Uh, How how cool would that be, though? That's like the Florida Slam. Oh, it definitely is, dude. It it would be great to kill my first turkey this year because I also killed my first Kill it with a muzzle On public land. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not my first public land deer, but that was my first deer in Florida, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's pretty sweet. It'd be awesome. So, in other words, Jordan, Jordan, you're a, for you Jordan, you're a hell of a guy. If you, if you get him on a turkey, too, you might need to change your profession, son. <laughs> he said, I'm a professional scouter. You can hire me to go and uh, scout all your shit Scout all your you. shit for you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a flat rate per day. Yeah. I know I'm going to do it hourly, son. What do you mean? <laughs> I guess. You Hunter, put those hours in. Hunter, Jim. If I'm scouting for you, oh, is this our, is, our, is this like our tech tip of the week? Oh, we're just closing closing thoughts. Man, Man, you haven't been here a long time, have you? No, I haven't. We don't it's do a tip a, of the week anymore. Oh well, my tip of the week. No, I'm just kidding. Just closing thoughts. Um, uh, my you closing thought is uh, take a kid with you when you're turkey hunting. My dad took me when I was real young. I couldn't even hold a shotgun. Take I was one who probably can sit still. Even if not, even if they can't sit still, put them in a blind. Um, I've had some life-changing stuff go on in the last couple months. And I'll tell you right now, that little kid that don't sit still, that aggravates the ever-loving hell out of you, take him hunting with you. Stick him in some palm bronze. And <laughs> hell, if you got to, buy one of them damn poncho things off Amazon so nobody, nothing can see him. Take him with you. Because turkey hunting versus deer hunting for a little kid is a very entertaining thing to do. My dad took me, like I said, I was probably, hell, three or four years old first time I went turkey hunting with my dad. I think I was damn near small enough for him to put me in his turkey vest. <laughs> Literally. Like, I got, my legs got tired, and I'm pretty sure, now. no, I was little then. I've always been little height-wise. My belly is the problem. But, <clears throat> just take him with you. Killing birds is fun, but the memories you make with a kid in the woods with you chasing birds around, and the first time they hear that gobble and they look at you, and you don't have to ask them if they heard it, you'll you'll know by the look on their face. It ain't, it ain't even it ain't even the memories you make with with a kid turkey hunting. You see Rylan wearing a squirrel slayer shirt today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, it's everlasting impressions. It's good stuff. But. So take a kid with you. My closing thought is that a couple of years when Will Krebs' daughter comes on the market, some fella's going to be in for a run. Yeah. <laughs> he, be, he better not use a plastic baseball bat because she's going to whoop I up watched, on him. She's going to take it to the head and keep going. Exactly. I, I watched her chase her brother around looking for this plastic softball for 20 minutes. And finally, she stood in there like a champ right in front of him. He threw the ball up. It took a cut. It ricocheted clean off her forehead, and the only thing she cared about is she could get that ball. I was like, "We're all witnesses too, so that's, that's a fact. That's a true story." I'm, I mean, point blank, man, bang! Three I thought feet. for sure she was going to be, you know, here it comes. Uh, uh-uh. all she hey, she turned around, rubbing that forehead and gra- looking for the ball. That's all she was doing. <laughs> like, 
She's Ooh. a tank, son. <laughs> That's my closing thought. I can Look tell you out, here world. in a couple years that uh, William's going to be getting complaints because she's going to be beating him up. Yeah. Beating up Rylan? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He's like, Dad, she won't quit giving me a bloody nose. He's like, well, <laughs> defend yourself, son. <laughs> That's exactly how it's going to go. Keep your guard up. Hey, I've only been around them kids for like 15 minutes, and I know that. (laughs) Oh, man, Hunter. I tease a little something here, dude. We got to get you in for a UPO after dark. I don't say we need to get him in. We need to just do one now. And then then we're going to go ahead and and cut it at that. 